and welcome back to Building Wealth on the Go, a podcast by KLT Wealth Management. My name is Brad Wilson, financial advisor with KLT Wealth Management, and I'm joined once again by my colleagues, certified financial planner Joe Filiomeni and qualified associate financial planner Courtney Beach. So today is September 30th, 2020. We're about to enter October, believe it or not, of 2020, and uh, we're starting season two of our podcast. We have come back with... Um, after about a six week break from, from recording these podcasts. And we're now gonna start season two back onto our bi-weekly schedule. Uh, once again, we are actually doing this in a video format for uh, this week's podcast. So if you uh, would like to watch it on YouTube or Instagram, you can check those out uh, on our social pages. So today, uh, there's lots to talk about. Uh, the last six weeks, it's been busy in the markets. It's been busy with the economy, busy with U.S. election, so uh, lots for us to discuss. Um, we also uh, have um, um, put out a lot of content recently, um, especially on our YouTube channel. We've started a socially responsible investment series. So if you haven't yet checked that out, make sure you go check that out. And we also just launched a financial ranking calculator. So if you have, uh, if you're curious to know where you rank financially amongst your peers, um, we have that calculator available uh, through the link on our Facebook page. It's also available now on our website. So you can check that out under the resources tab. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Joe, Courtney, we've got lots to talk about. Uh, and I think it's important since we have taken a bit of a break to uh, kind of rewind a little bit to when we, we stopped there in August and take a look back to what the summer had in store for us. So Joe, did you want to talk about kind of how the summer ended up going markets wise, we kind of ran a bit of a, a growth trend throughout the summer there. So just kind of summarize what happened with, uh, with the markets and the economy then. Yeah, from, uh, from our last sort of video and podcast, uh, the markets continued to go up. Uh, I know we had a lot of clients uh, somewhat concerned about why is the market going up? There seemed to have been a, a disconnect between sort of what the markets were doing and uh, what the general economy was doing. And we were just sort of starting to get uh, to reopen uh, a lot of the retail locations and very, very slowly. Um, but it, it basically, again, the, we've talked about this many times, is the, the markets are forward-looking and they were kind of looking beyond sort of the, the today and they were looking to the future and there was a lot of stimulus that the governments continue to, to pile in there. Uh, there was a lot of uh, support that the governments did for uh, on an individual basis as well. Uh, and businesses did start up and, 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 and get going and were able to kind of produce some, uh, some, some revenue. So, you know, some analysts talked about, you know, the recession that we just went through and, and they've recorded the recession as, as starting in March, that March 23rd, or possibly even earlier than March and ending in and around the end of August. So there you go. Uh, we, we've gone like through that. a recession. Do you feel any better? Do you, feel, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and I think that that's how quickly it happened. A lot of analysts that we've been talking about have been saying that we're, we're pretty much heading into, uh, a, another growth cycle and, and that's how we're sort of heading into the fall. But, um, yeah, so it was interesting summer for sure. 
Yeah, I think, I think Courtney, um, I think we're hearing a lot about how these cycles, you know, as Joe mentioned, are getting smaller and smaller, right? Throughout, throughout history, we're seeing that contraction of these cycles where, mm -hmm. you know, generally a recession would last so much longer. Now we're, it's almost on fast forward, right? As we, mm -hmm. as we go through these cycles. Yeah, I think it's just because people have access to technology on a, and information in such a broad base now than they ever did before and it's also people have access to make trades instantaneously they see something in the news they can make a trade five seconds later on their own without any advice which is probably some of the volatility we're seeing as well as these robin hooded uh traders who are reading watching bnn and are reading the newspaper and making snap judgments whether or not they are um educated uh articles that are telling them factual information. Yeah. Yeah, I should, I, that's a great point. Uh, and, and I think throughout the summer, we did see a lot of that uh, volatility in the markets caused by, uh, you know, they talked about this, the, the Robin Hood sort of platform and the fact that a lot of people were at home, uh, not working. And so then a lot of people were trying to time the markets and uh, that actually created little spikes in, in volatility uh, throughout the summer. Uh, we also had uh, an episode near the end of the summer where there was some concern of uh, some foreign companies buying into the tech uh, stocks and, and actually buying stocks as well as buying uh, um, call options on the stocks. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, that just sort of drove sort of uh, um, the markets uh, slightly higher as well. And when that kind of came out, when that news came out, it was a bit concerning and we did get a bit of a pullback. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of that sort of uh, uh, interaction that was happening through the summer, which caused a little bit of the, the blips that we did see during the summer. But for most, it did continue to go up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And everything, as we'd mentioned throughout the recovery of this, as some are calling now, recession that we've gone through was, was powered by tech, right? And we're talking about the use of technology to get us through these, to, to start trading, to be, ha be having access to news. And obviously the work from home models, the, those powering uh, stocks, you look at the FANG stocks, you look at everything that was driving the market. And we saw some new highs on a lot of, uh, on some indices and uh, with a lot of companies, right? You just saw the, the performance just being blown out of the water. And, and that led to new highs, right? Right into the beginning of September. But that kind of pulls us into, all right, now we're in September and we start to see a bit of a pullback. People are heading back to school. Um, there's worry about a second wave after the economies have been opened for a little bit. Now, where are we standing? Yeah, I think, I think where we're standing really is uh, the markets are taking a breather. Uh, you got to keep in mind, uh, markets are driven uh, based on uh, price and earnings and price has been going up. So throughout sort of the summer and uh, what, what's happening now is the markets take a break and they wait for the earnings to kind of catch up to the price. Um, because um, just to kind of uh, simplify things, uh, the value of a company often is based on a number of factors. And one of the factors that it is based on is a, what's called a discounted cash flow. So it's based on the amount of profitability that the company is, is making and it's discounted. It's, it's all these future values that are discounted today and it calculates a price. And so price has kind of gone on its own 
due to speculation. And so now those earnings have to kind of match what the discounted cash flow uh, calculation works out to. And I think that's what's sort of happening is, is it's just waiting a bit to kind of catch up. And of course, there's other concerns now in the fall. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the biggest uh, thing, trends that we're seeing is, is the uncertainty, right? As we enter September, people realize we're close to that U.S. election. And then they also realize we're still a little ways away from a vaccine and the economies are trying to be as open as they can be. Um, and I think it's stirring up a little bit of concern there. We've seen back to school. That was a big question. It kept getting pushed back, especially here in Ontario. And now you're seeing some outbreaks. You're seeing some schools closed. So, uh, and, and I think Doug Ford came out yesterday or the day before and officially declared that Ontario's in a second wave of, of the coronavirus now. Like this is, we're at these seeing new peaks in, in cases. So with, with all that going on, are we going to have to revert some of these? Obviously, I don't think we'll have to go back to where we were because we have figured out masks work. We've, we've found, uh, you know, ways around um, so that businesses don't have to fully shut down, but we might have to pull back on restrictions. We've seen the numbers of gatherings come down. So I think the uncertainty lies with with how long is this going to prolong for you know vaccine news i think that can really push the markets one way or another as soon as we receive it a lot of them are supposed to be wrapping up um some next phase of trials uh come october so whether or not there's success there's any halts in any of those there's disappointments that could be a real factor so driving volatility and then the u.s election so there's lots going on and i think it's a healthy pullback as we saw that huge ramp up uh, through the summer. Um, so it's just a matter of, as you said, Joe, a cool down, taking a breather. You know, we can't always keep going in the right direction. We've got to, you know, settle down a little bit. And uh, I think there's a little bit of concern. There's a little bit of um, anxiety in, in the marketplace right now. Yeah, I think a lot of it is a lot of people are just waiting to see. There's too many questions about too many things, but I think, on the other hand, as soon as we do get information, that's when we're going to see moves in the market and they might be significant moves as well. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's maybe break that down a little bit in terms of sort of the different things, you know, um, that essentially is happening now and, and mm -hmm. we can sort of see in the future. So the aspect of the vaccine first, you know, uh, I think earlier in the markets, uh, earlier in the year, uh, anytime there was any kind of uh, of, of word about a vaccine or a potential vaccine, markets look positive on it. Um, it's funny now, they're, they're, they're not necessarily moving one way or another on any of that news, sort of markets become a little bit, you know, uh, sensitized uh, over time on the same sort of news. Um, uh, just a, a, a quick note on the vaccines. I think there's general consensus that we should have some, some sort of vaccine by the end of the year. I guess it's the implementation and getting out the vaccine to everybody would obviously take us into 2021. Uh, but, you know, your point spread on the fact that, okay, so we know a little bit more about the virus than we did back in March. So we know that, you know, we're, we're trying to social distance and wearing the masks and whatnot. And that seems to work. Uh, yes, our numbers are high right now, but I think there was an expectation that the numbers would be high because you got to remember we're testing a lot more people. 
So we're going to have a higher number. It's just kind of showing that there's a lot more people that have that virus within their system. And we are discovering it that it is uh, uh, predominantly in the younger age group. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting consideration, you know, and how that sort of impacts. But of course, it's all uncertainty, right? And, and that's where the markets kind of lie in terms of uh, if it's uncertain, then the question is, are we, are we heading down to a second lockdown? I don't think any government wants the lockdown completely again, like we did in March. So, and I'm pretty sure that the market is feeling that. And uh, just in Ontario, I think, you know, um, I think they're trying to look at workarounds, you know, targeting certain areas where there's higher cases of, uh, of the coronavirus, you know, uh, targeting certain companies where they're discovering more higher cases. I think that ultimately is, is the strategy moving forward and likely into 2021 as well. And mm-hmm. I think the market's going to realize that. And I think it's, uh, it was that false, false hope. And I think for some, it's that false sense of uh, security with the reopening of the economies, right? So it triggers a lot for some that, oh, you know, things are reopening, everything's fine, but nothing's changed. The virus has, nothing's changed regarding the virus from from the time it got, you know, it started spreading in March to, to now, right? Nothing's changed. Um, so I think it's uh, it's learning how to how to live with it and be safe with it now. And then some people, you know, I think the fact of, being fully reopened some thinking that okay we're back to normal we're back to normal schools are now opening people are heading back to school so i think that's where you get that um and then obviously the tests right you said more tests i think the more tests now we're realizing oh a lot more people have it than we maybe originally thought so we gotta be we gotta reel everything back here so um i think as you said i don't think the news about the vaccine is gonna uh, spike the market as much, but I do think in a positive manner, but I do think if there's negative news about a vaccine, it could send the market trending downwards. If there's a, uh, you know, some sort of halt or a failure in any of these big vaccine companies that are leading the trend right now that are expected to wrap up their, you know, final, uh, final rounds of, uh, of testing at the end of October, I think if any of them come out with any poor results, then we could see some some volatility um, in, in the market in the mm. markets. I think something else that could uh, result in volatility is how the governments decide to roll out vaccines when they are available. How mm-hmm. many are going to be available? Who's going to get them first? How are people going to react? And the other um, factor is anti-vaxxers. How many anti-vaxxers are going to refuse to take the vaccine and how is that going to affect the markets? Are we going to see some unrest for that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's not even just that, it's it's how many people feel comfortable with the vaccine, right? Like, it seems mm-hmm. very rushed, and at the same time, science and, and, and technology is evolving, like like we're seeing in the markets, it's a perfect example. We're seeing cycles get smaller and smaller, which means, you know, that's got to be the advancement of the technology and the science and, and all the other aspects of getting a vaccine quicker. People have said, well, we've never had a vaccine this quick before. We've mm-hmm. never had a lot of other things this quick before, too, right? So. Um, it's, uh, I think that's surprising people of how quickly we're getting to this point of phase three are ending in October. We just started this thing in March. We just, you know, yeah. this thing just started this year and we're already seeing if it's going to work come, come October. So yeah. I think there's a little concern, but. And the other uncertain factor is the U.S. election that's coming up and how that is going to affect the market. Is it going to affect the market? I mean, 
we've seen managers talk about how they don't really think it's going to affect the market at all, um, that it's a moot point, but we keep hearing more and more stories that could be concerning to people for investing in companies. Yeah, and I think uh, just as a as a note, we are recording this podcast the day after the first presidential debate, which was quite interesting if anyone had uh, <laughs> had the ability to watch it. So there's lots of buzz, especially going on now, like we are just about a month out from, from the election. So as you said, Courtney, some people think that there's luck can happen, but I th or not, not much that's going to happen in the markets, but there's some that, that are led to believe that we could see some. I mean, there's different platforms. There's two different people, two different parties. There's a lot that could change should we see a shift in power. Yeah, and of all the investors' worry, worries right now, I've seen statistics. Yes, people are worried about the pandemic. They're worried about other things. But the thing that's concerning investors the most right now is this election. How? What are the results going to be? And if Biden wins, will Trump actually leave the White House like he should? Which there's some indication that he might not do that. Mm -hmm. There's a there's there's certainly a lot of emotion around you know the the debate of of Trump and Biden winning and and listening to the debate last night myself I uh, was able to kind of get you know a, a bit clearer picture in terms of of their stances uh, to some degree although it was hard <laughs> because they were kind of uh, you know uh, talking over each other but um, it, you know let's dig down a little deeper on that. I, I did discover, you know, uh, as it's been very clear in the Biden uh, proposals, if he becomes president, that uh, likely taxes will go up in the U.S., right? And, and the corporate tax will move from 21% to 28%. Uh, that, that particular stuff, and, and like emotions aside, that is going to impact our markets because businesses are going to look at that and saying, okay, we're having to pay more taxes and whatnot. It may be a, a good thing in general for the U.S. and for the U.S. people, but there, that is a bit concerning in terms of the markets. And we'll probably see some short-term volatility over that. Um, how that plays out, uh, you know, uh, ultimately uh, uh, the Biden uh, group will, will likely strengthen uh, foreign trade much more than, than, than Trump's group as well. So that may sort of offset the, the tax sort of situation. But regardless of who basically gets into the office, you know, they're, they're going to have, uh, you know, uh, a bit of a rough road ahead you know, in, in continuing to uh, support, you know, the U.S. people as well as the, um, uh, you know, the fight of, for, co uh, for the vaccine and the fight against uh, COVID. Yeah. So I think that there's a bit of a, a road ahead. Even in, even in Canada, we sort of see that as well. And uh, I believe uh, yesterday the, the federal government did approve for the, the secondary uh, uh, EI revamped EI program to kind of support right. the people that uh, uh, are still not back to work. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's important to note is, uh, you know, people need a bit of, people need money in their pocket in order to kind of pay their day-to-day -day bills. So mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a positive thing that uh, most governments are, are doing is the fact to try to support the people to kind of keep them, you know, with a little bit of money in your, in your pocket. Now that leads to a bigger question, which we may or may not debate today in terms of the amount of debt that the governments are going into. Uh, and I think, you know, we kind of concluded that it, at some point in time, you know, the, the piper has to get paid. Mm 
mm-hmm. in terms of that, and uh, and and it likely will lead to higher inflation down the line, but nobody knows when. Yeah, and I think just to bring it back to the U.S. election, I think as you mentioned, Joe, I think there's definitely a sense that there'll be some short short-term volatility, especially if, as Courtney mentioned, we see a contested election, mm-hmm. right? If, if this thing drags on, we we talk about and Trump and Trump said it last night in the debate, you know, mail-in votes. He thinks there's fraud all this, you know, he's up in arms. And I think if there's any sense of him losing the election on election night, that there's going to be some sort of contestion. And and he's going to contest it, and then it's going to drag on, and it could drag on for who knows how long, weeks, months. So um, that's definitely something that I think people are concerned about, that if we do see a contested election, how long is it going to drag on? And it's dragging on through a really important time as we close out 2020 to 2021 when we're supposed to be seeing a vaccine. Trump said last night we'd have a vaccine ready in November. He said we might, we might not. He's kind of changed his stance on that now. But, um, you know, right through a, a period of time that's very important in, in fighting COVID-19. So I think, um, I think that's where people are a little bit concerned. And, uh, but in the long run, I think the U.S. election doesn't play too much into how the markets play out. I, I, I noticed one of the managers was talking or economists for one of the fund companies was talking about the 100 days post-election. So both when Trump came into office 2016, 100 days post-election, and when Obama came in 2008, um, 100, there was volatility, a little bit of volatility short term, but 100 days after the election, there was growth from, from election day. So it, it's just a matter of the riding out that volatility um, throughout, and it may create some short-term buying opportunities, but at the same time, I think the key from that point is staying invested throughout uh, that is is important as as is the hist- history shown that 100 days post-election especially the last two and trump was a big one it was a controversial one and it, it wrote out and uh 100 days passed and same with with obama yeah and I, and I think you 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 hit the nail on the head there you know staying invested i think is is key i think uh for the investors that are out there the the listeners you know take a look at what your goal is and and what your time frame is and if you've got time in the markets, you know, there really is no need to jump in or out. You you basically, you know, continue to do what you're doing. If you're doing on a regular contribution uh, into your various plans, like continue doing that, stay invested, uh, work with the portfolio managers, work with your financial advisor to kind of have those discussions to kind of, you know, uh, get a sense. Uh, Maybe there might be some opportunities to throw a little extra money in, uh, I know we've seen a lot of our clients who haven't spent much money this year because they've hadn't had the opportunity to, and they were fortunate enough to to invest through some of this volatility and were rewarded over that. So I, I think that is sort of the key thing is, yeah, there's a lot going on. There will continue to be a lot. There's always something going on. If we look historically, there's always something going on. Um, and uh, really as far as an investor for your own stuff, you just got to keep invested. Yeah. And I think that's a great place for us to kind of wind down this, our welcome back to the podcast or season two, episode one. Uh, we've touched on a lot of things. It's been very broad based, but I think it's important because a lot has happened in the last six weeks. Uh, we'll be back to our regular, regular, uh, schedule now, which is, uh, bi-weekly, so uh, you can look for us every, every, th- every second Thursday uh, with a new podcast, or sorry, every second Tuesday with a new podcast. And, uh, and yeah, so stay tuned for that. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we have a socially responsible investment series 
on our YouTube channel and a financial ranking cal calculator that's now on our website. So make sure to check out those. Let us know any uh, topics that you'd like us to cover in the future or any specific questions that you'd like answered. Uh, and we will get to those in future episodes. But for now, thanks you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please note that the opinions and ideas shared are from the viewpoint of KLT Wealth Management. They do not reflect the opinion or viewpoints of Investia Financial Services, Inc. or any other partners. The commentary provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. You should not act upon the content or information discussed here without first seeking the appropriate personalized advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We try to provide content that is true and accurate as of the date of recording. However, we give no assurance or warranty regarding the accuracy, timeliness, or applicability of any of the contents. We assume no responsibility for information consumed through this podcast and disclaim all liability in respect of such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Mutual funds and or approved exempt market products are offered through Investia Financial Services, Inc. Insurance products are provided through multiple insurance carriers and or approved exempt market products are offered through Investia Financial Services, Inc.